The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And a good day to all of you listening on Winning Ponies. I'm John Engelhart, broadcasting live from the JoLynn Johnston Studio in Warsaw, Kentucky. An absolutely beautiful day in the bluegrass. I hope you're doing fine wherever you are. Well, we've got a lot of racing. Let's face it, we are in the the meat of the meat at Saratoga and Del Mar. So we're going to bring on uh, two professional handicappers, and hopefully these guys are going to make you rich. That's right. From the Las Vegas Review, we got Rich Ng and the host from Thistledown Racetrack. We've got Rich Ruda. So we're going to be breaking down races from across the country with uh, with Rich Ng. Of course, uh, he's uh, he's out of Vegas. We're going to concentrate on on two races, and those two will be the William Hill Haskell Invitational million dollar purse with a great matchup be very interesting to see i guess most people looking at uh, oxbow and the return to top competition for veronzano remember he only lost one race in his entire career too bad it happened to be the first saturday in may where he finished 14th in the kentucky derby then rich will take us all the way to the west coast and we're going to look at the san diego handicap a race that's brought together an exceptional group of horses. Of course, all eyes here on Painter, the fantastic comeback Rocky story, a horse who was near death a year ago, uh, came back to his return to the races on June 14th at Hollywood Park and recorded a 114 buyer going seven furlongs on a synthetic. So we'll see if Painter can come back, but let me tell you, he's got a tough group to look at. Also, then after we go up to Thistledown, Rich Ruta, that's his home base. We'll, we'll look at the Ohio Derby. Uh, Rich is a handicapper uh, just about everywhere, so don't worry. Then we're going to go to Saratoga, three graded stakes races, uh, the Prioress, the Diana, and the Jim Dandy. So it is a show full of handicapping, so get out your pencils and mark down your winners again. I hope the riches make you rich. All right, a guy that's getting awful rich this year because of his riding prowess, Joe L. Rosario. He got an ESPY last week, the ceremony held in Los Angeles. And uh, Rosario, of course, he rode uh, the Kentucky Derby winner Orb, but he's just had an amazing career best season. Uh, He's up there on stage with people like LeBron James, Michael Phelps, uh, the Miami Heat, and the entire team. So Joel Rosario finding himself in very good company. Of course, uh, the people that he bested uh, were quite a class act themselves in John Velasquez, Ramon Dominguez, and Javier Castellano. 
So congratulations to Joel Rosario, who's absolutely been on fire. Well, ranked the world's top racehorse, none other than Black Caviar. She has recorded three Group 1s in Australia this season, and it looks like she has been retired. Of course, don't forget that Southern Hemisphere. So she was retired in April after 25 consecutive victories. Absolutely amazing. And if you just want to know who else was ranked, they don't ignore the North American horses. Uh, the next four spots in the top five rankings were all held by U.S. horses. And uh, Horse of the Year, Wise Dan, Game on Dude, Fort Larned, and Animal Kingdom. So it is nice to know that it's not a closed group over there in the world's top rankings. Uh, uh, Black Caviar, uh, again, Southern Hemisphere, she's going to be bred to a stallion by the name of Exceed and Excel, a two-time Group 1 runner by Dane Hill. He was a champion sprinter in Australia for the 2003 and 2004 season. He was a Australian bred horse. I'll tell you what, how fast is this horse going to be by Exceed and Excel out of Black Caviar? Okay, well, uh, if you're wondering where he is, Orb has been working at Fair Hill. Uh, a great place at Elkton, Maryland, where uh, it's kind of like the country club for horses. They get everything, hyperbolic chamber, uh, all kinds of uh, different uh, water treadmills, <clears throat> you name it, and a horse can be a horse there. According to uh, Suge McGahee, uh, Orbs breeze three times uh, since his Fairhill arrival, uh, and it looks like he is going to train up to the Traverse Stakes, unlike some of the horses we'll be talking about this evening. According to Shug, Orb is doing really well. I was down there on Saturday when we worked him, and I thought he did it great. He looked great. His attitude's perfect. As of today, all systems are go. Can't wait for the Traverse Stakes. Looks like we might have all three winners of the three Triple Crown races competing against each other in the Traverse Stakes this year. Well, uh, on the danger side of racing in a morning workout, St. Nicholas Abbey, the winner of the 2011 Breeders' Cup Turf, and undefeated this year in two stakes uh, races, uh, has injured himself. Uh, Early reports have not given anything specific, uh, but uh, it looks like it was a career-ending injury uh, at Ballydaw while training. Uh, There was a a release... uh, Put out today that said that after a lengthy surgery to fuse a pastern, St. Nicholas Abbey is recuperating in the intensive care over at Fethard Equine Hospital. Uh, they're keeping their fingers crossed. He'll remain in intensive care for some time. Of course, uh, he was a six-year-old by uh, top European sire, uh, Montjuic, and uh, this was going to be his final season of racing. Certainly hope uh, that he can uh, be saved for stallion duties. They say that he's comfortable back and enjoying is hay. All right, <clears throat> let's take a uh, a quick look at some of last week's races. There were some great ones out there, and certainly Saratoga the first week, man, did they start off with a bang, and that was in the Schuylerville. If you get a chance, go back and take a look at this race. Of course, uh, Tom Law was with us last week uh, from Saratoga, and he was uh, giving the edge to Bana, and uh, he picked it right. And he uh, picked it right. Uh, Bonat did run first, but in a dead heat with 
Brazen Persuasion. Just a fantastic stretch run. Rosie Napravnik was aboard Brazen Persuasion. Uh, Corey Lannery aboard Bana, And both of them looked at each other as they crossed the wire, and they said, I think you got the nod. So nobody was really sure. I uh, had to wait it out. The patrons waited it out. And as it turned out, it uh, was a dead heat in this two-horse race through the stretch again. That was the grade three Schuylerville. $150,000 was on the line. Also at the spa, the Sanford Stakes, it's a grade two now, first 200000 Some great horses have won this race. And it was a bit of a surprise as Wired Brian, making only a second lifetime start, got the win. It was the first win and first stakes win for Michael Dilger at Saratoga. And uh, Wired Brian was Sean Bridgemahan uh, riding because uh, Johnny V had to ride for Todd Pletcher. He uh, looked awful good, but all of a sudden, every time Bridgemahan would hit him with the whip, He'd go one way, he'd go another way, he'd go another way. It didn't matter which way he switched his uh, whip. But uh, Wired Brian looked a little wired. The bottom line is he got home on top. And Wired Brian, because he is a New York bred, got a $100,000 bonus in their program for horses that started a New York track and then win a graded stakes race. So now in two starts, he's won $220,000. And second was... uh, Southern Blessing at 23 to 1, and third was Hollywood Talent. From there, we go to the TBG Coaching Club American Oaks, and she's for real, folks. Princess of Silmar, the Todd Pletcher trained filly who won the Kentucky Oaks at odds of 38 to 1. Yeah, she's the real deal. That was no fluke. Unbelievable. Right now, she's made eight lifetime starts with six victories in this race, a mile and an eighth. She was last to first and won going away by six lengths and paid $6.30 for the win. Uh, Second was Tom Law's pick, My Happy Face, uh, who set all the pace but did get caught by Princess of Silmer. And third was Marathon Lady, a 13-to-1 shot. In the Shoe V handicap, a horse that both Tom and I liked, even though uh, Zenyatta's sister was in there, was Authenticity, a confident ride by Johnny V. Stalked in second, pulled away by one. Uh, she's going to be something else. Out of the Pletcher barn, six-year-old mare still in training. Authenticity looked awesome. Second was Flashy American, and third was the five, Sea Island. Eblusante. The half-sister to Zenyatta acted up uh, pretty uh, bad in the gate and uh, came out of there uh, not looking too good and ended up finishing in the back of the pack. Well, there was no doubt about the $750,000 Delaware handicap. In town to ride was Mike Smith, and he was aboard Royal Delta, who was trying to make up for her loss in the Fleur de Lee at Churchill Downs, and, man, did she make up. Mike put her on the lead never looked back, and ended up winning by 10 and 3 quarters lengths. Absolutely dominated. Uh, the horse that all came from last to second was the one she's all in at 26 to 1, and third at 23 to 1 was And Why Not. It was only a six-horse field. If you keyed Royal Delta on top, a $1 try, paid 48 not too bad for keying her over the rest of the field. 
then uh, we went out to uh, to Del Mar, and out there was the Eddie Reed Handicap, and the horse that both Tom and I liked, Geronimo, came flying at the end, was in tight a little bit early, and then settled outside last to first, Rafael Bejarano in the saddle. What we said was this horse had the edge in class and certainly did. Came home the winner in there. And uh, second was the Irish-bred Vagabond Shoes, a long shot at 23-1. to 1. And third at 37-1 to 1 was Fly Lexus Fly. And, again, if you, if you keyed the horse we liked in here, who was the favorite, on top of these long shots, a $1 try brought you 1200 $63. And then we finished out our handicapping segment with uh, races from Del Mar and Arlington. And uh, at Del Mar, it was the San Clemente handicap that we, uh, we looked at. And the winner, bit of an upset, Wishing Gate. Wishing Gate with Gary Stevens in the saddle. What a comeback season this guy is having. So, uh, he, uh, he stalked the leaders, then he led, and then he pulled clear by a length and three quarters. Congratulations to Gary Stevens. After that win at Del Mar, again, Gary said he was going to ride selectively. He was winning at a 75% clip. Again, the grade two San Clemente handicap. Uh, second was unusual way, and third was Iotapa, who ended up being the favorite in that race. And last race to look at a greater race was the Arlington Oaks, a grade three, and the winner was number three, My Option, who got up from fifth to first, lasted by a neck in this race over Frivolous. In the third spot was the favorite, Sky Girl. Speaking of favorites, one of our favorite guests, Rich Ng, is going to be with us here. We're going to be capping from coast to coast, New Jersey to California. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. 
high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me is Rich Ng. Of course, he's been a regular on the show. I love keeping him in the loop. I love, uh, you know, reading his, his, his views on racing. Uh, he's a columnist and handicapper for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, he wrote a book specifically for me called Betting on Horse Racing for Dummies. And uh, you can also follow Rich on Twitter at Rich Ng, that's E-N-G, and then the number four pro pick if you want to get current updates on him. Rich, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, John. Uh, I'm actually participating in a handicapping tournament out here at the Gold Coast, but uh, we won't talk about that because my score is going to be toward the, the tail end after day one. But it's two <laughs> more days, so I, I got hope. Next, next couple of days should be pretty good. Well, I hope you got your bets down for the next 15 minutes. Um, I was uh, reading a, a story you wrote earlier in the week, and it brought back some very personal uh, memories to me. And I believe we were going back to the 1982 Travers when a scenario could set up this year as it did back then when Gato del Sol, the Derby winner, Aloma's ruler, the Preakness winner, and Conquistador Cielo, the Belmont winner, all matched up in the Travers Stakes. It was uh, very interesting, and I have to tell you, I was there that day. Oh, fantastic, John. You know, I, I guess we didn't know each other because I, I was still a little uh, young behind the years. Uh, I was working on the publicity staff at Naira, and uh, for people who didn't get a chance to read the column, uh, it was only uh, like a five- or six-horse field, and I was given the two longest prices to do the morning notes on, they were uh, Runaway Groom and Lure Jolie, and the other people were given the, the three favorites. And it turns out that Runaway Groom won that Travers. But the, the most interesting thing to me uh, was spending the week with uh, the trainer, John DeMario, uh, who trained uh, Runaway Groom. And uh, believe it or not, John, this is, this is a true fact. He was, he was sleeping in his car next to the barn. <laughs> I would go out every morning, and you'd all be rumpled and you know, kind of disheveled, a little unshaven, but that's because he was sleeping literally beside, you know, right next to the, the horse where the horse was. And I, I never asked him personally uh, why he was doing that, but I, I just maybe assumed that, that that's how much he cared for the horse and it stuck by there. Well, I wasn't actually uh, working uh, in the industry at that time, uh, but I was a fledgling equine photographer, as you know, and I was down there uh, by the quarter pole, right where I was when uh, Secretariat got passed by Onion in the Whitney. I thought I was in a great spot for both races, and as, and as you said, as, as they came down the stretch, this gray horse flashed by, and you know most people assuming uh, it was Gato del Sol, uh, but uh, that was not the case. So, uh, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens this year if we get the uh, three Triple Crown horses in the race. Yeah, it's a very rare occurrence, and you know, a lot of it has to do with sometimes uh, a horse will win two out of the three races, so then you can't have three different winners. And, uh, you know, when you do have three different winners, you all have to be stay in training and stay healthy and meet. And it hasn't happened uh, in the more than 30 years, John. No, and it's really neat. And uh, at the top of the show, you know, I read uh, Suge's comments about 
orb and how well he's doing. He's just going to uh, train up to it. But this week, you know, we're going to get a chance to see several of these horses, uh, you, you know, compete. And all I can say is I hope that both Palace Malice and, and Oxbow uh, come out of the races in good order because I would love to see that matchup, and i got a feeling I might make the drive from Cincinnati. You know, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, if you know, if, if Oxbow were to win the uh, Haskell and Palace Malice were to win the Jim Dandy and then Orb comes in off the, the rest of the training, I mean, that would be a phenomenal Travers by itself with those three. But the thing is, you know, there's going to be other three-year-olds and, you know, maybe one of these others uh, is going to be a runaway groom type. We don't know, but it could lead for just just another historic Travers race. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot uh, this weekend. It's just amazing that uh, there, there are so many good three year old races uh, that are gonna happen all in this spot. Uh, but again, you know, the Travers. It's called the Midsummer Derby. It's a true test. You know, mile and a quarter. If you didn't win the Kentucky Derby, this is where you get the chance to come back and say, "Oh yeah, well I'll show you." So I, I just think it, it's. Always been up there on my list of the, the best races of the year. Uh, the Engelhart family used to call it a holy race of obligation, and we'd kind of have a family reunion at the Travers. Yeah, and you know the thing about the Travers and the placement is that if a three-year-old did not really put a stamp in the Triple Crown that he is head and shoulders above the others, then a lot of times uh, the Travers decides the champion of the three-year-old division, and then after that they start running against older horses in the fall. So, uh, but the Travers is just, just just a great event. We've seen some phenomenal races in the past. Well, with that said, you get a perfect segue uh, leading into uh, the Haskell because uh, I think a horse whose portrait you just painted would be none other than Veranzano. The only time this horse has taken a bad step on the track, he picked the wrong day, the first Saturday in May when he ran 14th, beating 15 and three-quarter lengths in the Kentucky Derby. Todd Pletcher scratched his head, uh, brought him back to New York. He's had the advantage of a race at Mammoth, and uh, mm-hmm. looks like he bounced back pretty good in that Pegasus Stakes. Yeah, you know, in that Kentucky Derby, if you remember, the track was off, and uh, the half mile was 45-1, and one, which is just absolutely crazy, you know, any year for the Derby. And, Palace Malice was actually on the lead with Mike Smith, and Verrazano was only a length or two off. And, you know, anybody who was uh, toward the front of the pack that day pretty much dissolved. Uh, in fact, the only horse that kind of stuck around a little bit was uh, Oxbow, who was a couple of lengths off the, the, the lead in the Kentucky Derby, finished sixth, and then he came back and won the Preakness. But, uh, you know, in my mind, Verrazano had an excuse. He's a fast horse, and he just got sucked up in that whirlwind. Uh, his race of the Pegasus was uh, as, as like a public workout. Uh, he had a chance to see it. And uh, I think he has an opportunity, John, to be lone speed in here. And, you know, for, for handicappers of the sport, you know that lone speed is, is one of the best bets in horse racing because you can dictate uh, the entire pace scenario from start to finish. You, you, you can. Um, now, uh, w- with that said, obviously, you know, the cream rises to the co- top. Uh, you'd have to say that that one of the most dangerous horses in the field is Oxbow. He's got Gary Stevens up, who's absolutely uh, on on fire. He's been given rest since the Belmont, and he's in the hands of Dwayne Lucas, a guy that you know knows how to train a horse. Yeah, Gary's been red hot. In fact, John, as I was waiting to come on, Gary just won uh, race seven here at uh, Del Mar and paid twenty three dollars, and he's uh, he's riding in fantastic form. 
he's 50 years old, but you wouldn't know it uh, watching him perform with the, the younger folks out there on the racetrack. But, you know, I think what goes on with a, a jockey like Gary is he's in the Hall of Fame already. So, you know, he's got the skills. And what he doesn't uh, have in the same athletic ability at age 50, he makes up for intelligence and savvy and decision-making. And he's making a ton of right moves. So he's a good jockey to have in a, in a big stakes race because he's going to limit his mistakes. And he may not make any mistakes on Sunday in the, the Haskell. Well, you know, we had him on the, on the show not too long ago, and he says, quite frankly, he, he feels that he's in better physical shape now than he was when he was riding you know, with anti-inflammatories all the time, because now he says he's well within himself physically, and so that 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 never even enters his mind. And really, if you think about it, he had those years to sit back and kind of look, look at racing from a distance and analyze races. I got to feel that that only that only played in, in, into his hand. Now, uh, one other horse that I feel we we have to mention in the Haskell is is Power Broker, because he could fit the, that formula of a horse uh, who, who's on the rise that they could be a, a factor, perhaps. And the Travers, and the thing about this horse is he's trained by Baffert. I think Baffert's won this race six times. Yeah, he's won the last three editions of the Haskell, and he's won six overall. And he's a, a yearly staple at Monmouth Park for the Haskell. And uh, you know the story with this horse is uh, he was kind of on and off for the Haskell because he's been looking at the West Virginia Derby, which is another week or two, and uh, he was thinking about going there. But uh, Bobby Kalina was pretty persuasive, and the folks in Monmouth were pretty persuasive, and Power Broker's going to be shipping to, to Monmouth for this. So Baffert's going for number seven and four in a row. Well, Rich, I only got you for a couple more minutes. Okay. So let's uh, take a look at, at a, a short but very talented field over at Del Mar in the grade two San Diego handicap. Of course, for you as a writer, you've got to love getting your teeth into a story like Painter. Yeah, Painter was a horse that almost died last year and had to overcome some incredible ailments to to, to just be alive, just to, to, to stay alive. And the fact that uh, he's back in training and uh, he got back to the races and then his comeback race, he uh, earned 114 buyer and it was just an absolute powerhouse, uh, just, a, just a great culmination of a, a year comeback for this horse. Uh, so I, I tip my cap to the Zayats and uh, Bob Baffert and uh, you know, Baffert's actually got the, probably two of the strongest horses in the San Diego because he's got a liaison who's really come to hand over the last few races, winning the Mervyn Leroy and the Santana Mile. He was the second clubhouse ride in California. So, you know, the race goes through Baffert with Painter and the liaison. Yeah, I mean, you know, you just got to think all all that uh, that Painter went through that somehow uh, he, he wouldn't could not be the horse that he once was. But I'll tell you what, number one, as, as impressive uh, as his return was, though it was in an allowance race, since then, I mean, he's been training eyes out. I mean, I really think that uh, whatever's behind him is, is well behind him. I just think it would just make an amazing story. I mean, uh, he's won four of his seven lifetime starts, uh, barely got beaten the Belmont Stakes to Union Rags. Uh, I, I just think it's the feel-good story of the year if he can come back. Yeah, and Painter was the horse uh, that won the Haskell last year for Baffert. He was his third straight winner. I, I guess if I would uh, try to throw a, a curveball and look for a horse to upset, uh, it might be uh, the rail horse, Kettlecorn. And uh, the reason for that, in my mind, is this horse has run four times at Del Mar and has shown a liking for the surface. And this horse ran a huge race uh, in the Hollywood Gold Cup, second to Game on Dude. But this horse has handled the Del Mar surface very well in the past. 
and uh, the rail inside's been very good at Del Mar this meeting. Victor Espinosa is going to be sitting a trip down on the inside, and if uh, if Painter isn't able to match that last race 114, then you know starts to maybe get a little tired in the stretch. I think Kettle Corn's the kind of horse would be grinding at him late. So very interesting uh, setup there. Yeah, you, you make you make a great point, and uh, he's the other horse I've got marked here. You know, he was only beaten a length uh, in this race uh, last year uh, to to uh, a rail trip and John Scott, and uh, certainly uh, finishing second to Game On Dude is is no embarrassment whatsoever. And I thought it was interesting that you know a, a horse who was six years old that John Sadler elected to put blinkers on last time, and again, you know, you, you finish second to uh, perhaps the, one of the best horses in the country, Game On Dude. I thought that was kind of an interesting move by John Sadler, and the horse jumps up and gets a 112 buyer. So i got to agree with you, Rich. If there's a fly in the ointment, it could be kettle corn. Yeah, you talk about trying to teach an old dog new tricks, but you know, if you look at what kettle corn's done in the last 10 races, this horse has run second and third so many times, and I guess the frustration of just losing one close uh, decision after another, uh, John said, well, i got nothing to lose. <laughs> because you know, And so he put the blinkers on for the Hollywood Gold Cup, and uh, ran a, I guess, a career best buyer. The 112 is the the best buyer of his life. So, a pretty good success with the experiment. Well, it's going to be a fun weekend of racing, and I thank you so much for uh, taking time away from your tournament to, to to stop and talk to our listeners at Winning Ponies. Again, Rich, tell our audience where they can uh, f- find your writing or catch you on Twitter. Yeah, well, I, I write for the Las Vegas Review Journal, and uh, people outside of Las Vegas, outside of Nevada, can. Uh, read it for free at the website, uh, either lvrj.com or reviewjournal.com. I'm in the sports section. I have a Friday column every week. I handicap the Southern California races. You can download that for free and take a gander at that. And, uh, you know, if you have any newcomers out there bidding on horse racing for dummies, I appreciate you mentioning the book. But I, I, in, in my humble opinion, I think it's the best book for newcomers around. It's part of the dummies brand. So, uh, those are some ways to, to, to get a hold of me and stay in touch with me. Well, I'm just glad I'm, I've got your phone number because, as you know, I'm not shy about dialing it up, Rich. <laughs> no problem, John. I always have time for you and for your listeners who aren't familiar with our relationship. Uh, John, uh, for years, has been at River Downs, and I had a, 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 long, a lengthy stint at Turfway Park, and uh, we got to know each other very well in those years uh, when I lived in Cincinnati, and uh, you were a great friend and still are a great friend, John. Well, thanks a lot. All I know is whenever we were together, it was a good time had by all. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, again, that was handicapper extraordinaire Rich Ng, and we're going to be talking to another top handicapper from the Cleveland, Ohio area, another Rich, Rich Ruda. You're listening to Handicapping at WinningPonies.com. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? 
you can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, we're going to make you rich this weekend. Start now with Rich King. And winding up with Rich Ruda. Of course, uh, if you uh, watch from any simulcasting center across the country, the gentleman you see giving the winners out at Thistledown Racetrack near Cleveland, Ohio, is none other than Rich Ruda, who's on the line with us right now. Rich has been juggling a lot of balls up there. When I called him, he was getting ready with the Ohio Derby draw and everything. So I pretty much had to write his bio, which was pretty much one line that he's been handicapping up there lifelong. And uh, for 10 years, he's he's been the on-air host. Rich, tell our audience a little bit about your interest in racing and, and how you got the bug and why you love it. You know, it's a wonderful story uh, it, as far as how I got the bug with horse racing. I was at, um, while well, the Vietnam War was going on and everybody my age was getting drafted, my mother said to me, Rich, uh, said, well, my mother was always a whole lot smarter than me. I found that out later on in life. I didn't know that when I was growing up. She said, you should really go take the civil service test. So it was a beautiful summer day in Cleveland, and they were giving it in downtown Cleveland, and I didn't live too far away. I hitchhiked downtown, and it was about 80 degrees out by 11 o'clock. And I took the test, and I got to about uh, three-quarters of it done, and I, I threw it on the guy's desk, and I said, I'm going swimming at uh, in Lake Gary. It was too hot for <laughs> anything else. I wasn't worried about a job. I was worried about going to Vietnam. And uh got out of the place, and I'm hitchhiking home, and one of the guys in the class actually picked me up. He walked out, too. He picked me up going over what at that time was the Carnegie Bridge, talked a little bit on the ride over. He was about my age, and he says, what are you doing tonight? And I said, nothing. He says, you want to go to the, the races? And I said, 
I thought he would meant stock car races, so I said, sure. Well, I ended up <laughs> I ended up in Northfield Park with the trotters. I went once, and I said, well, this is a little too slow for me. I went to Thistledown, and I said, this is a whole lot of fun. So that was 1966, maybe, and I've been at it ever since and having a whole lot of fun. It's the greatest game in the world. Absolutely, and... <clears throat> What 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 I what I really uh, love about you, Rich, is that you come off that way. You you can tell that you're really a fan of the sport. I mean, you were always a regular on my t- television show down in Cincinnati, and uh, you just you give off a good vibe. Uh, you seem to have nothing really nasty to say about the sport. I'm sure you've torn up a ticket or two and didn't have a kind word for either a trainer <laughs> or a jockey, but it never comes across that way on air. Uh, you, you're just you're positive. You're upbeat. You're good for the game. You know, John, I've always said that the guys like you and, and I and, and everybody else that handicaps the races that does it and, and gives out horses and stuff like that, I think our job more than anything, not, not, you know, you want to pick winners all the time and that's never going to happen. But when you can commiserate with the fans and you could feel the feelings they have when they're walking out with one of those days with their head down and throwing the tickets on the ground and having a bad day, you know what that feels like. And then I hear these guys telling me, well, you know, this guy gave that horse a, a terrible ride, or this girl gave that horse a terrible ride. And you know what? When somebody that rides horses tells me that, then I'll listen. But I've never been on one of them thoroughbreds going 38 miles an hour in, a, in with four or five horses around you and saying, geez, i got to find a spot to get through. You know what? Those people I'll listen to, guys like you, me, and everybody else that handicaps, we get mad at the jockeys sometimes, but you know what? They are the greatest athletes in the world. What they do and what they put their life on the line to do for us in, in thoroughbred racing is just fantastic. No, you're not going to hear you're not going to hear too much bad about them from me. I love the game. I love guys like you. You come up and do the best of Ohio with me at Thistledown. I call you up. You know what? In the Ohio program, there's not a whole lot in it for the guests. You know, I mean, you know, you're going to get a room and a meal and a racing form. But you know what? You come up and we we spend five hours together, and and I missed you last year for Best of Ohio. You couldn't make it. You were at a graduation or something. You know, those are the times when that's some of the best days I've ever had is sitting with you for those four or five hours. And I know one thing. All we're thinking about is having some fun and the game we love and, you know, who's running tomorrow. But, no, you could tell. You could tell when a guy is genuine at heart and you are. I'm glad you said that about me because if somebody asked me about what I do at this town, I promote the sport. Wow, that's what it's all about. That's what shows like this are all about. Well, yeah. uh, of course, uh, there's only one graded stakes race uh, in Ohio anymore, and, and, and it's the Ohio Derby. Uh, you came up on a weekend when there's a lot of three-year-old races, wow. so like so many, the, 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 the field's a, a, a little bit uh, short. You'd like to have more horses in there. Now, there, there's a horse in there. There's two horses in there that I find pretty interesting to look at, and one put in one of the best races of the year in uh, the Cleveland Gold Cup. I think your track announcer said, Silver-tongued is in a different area code early in the race. And yeah. this horse got up despite Lori Wydeck, who's come out of retirement to ride. She dropped her whip mid-stretch, started giving this horse a hand ride, and ended up getting up by a half a length. Was that one of the most thrilling races you've seen in the last decade? You know what? But you said something about this horse. Now, this is an Ohio bred in the Ohio Derby. This is a really cool thing to have an Ohio bred in there. Two races at Thistledown. Last year, this one came for the Juvenile. 
on Best of Ohio Day, was thoroughly beaten last year and, and ran away from the field at the end. This year, more impressive, because I'll tell you one thing, Jen, for the first time in as long as I can remember Thistledown, the track for the last month has been speed biased. We have never had a biased racetrack at Thistledown. Now, you'll get one when it freezes or you'll get one sometimes when it rains and then it dries out. It'll get, you know, it'll get quick. But it's been really speed favoring for the last month. Well, this horse, July 7th, was 15, 17, 18 lengths out of it and come and catch some pretty nice Ohio breads. You know, John, i got to ask you, Lori, you saw her more right at, at River Downs than I ever did. I know she did terrifically well there. It's nice to have her back in the sport. Yeah, it really is. Um, she she got hurt in, in a racing accident. It was a back injury. Uh, her doctor told her pretty much, hey, if you fall off a bar stool, you might be in a wheelchair. Well, that was almost 10 years ago. She did, two years after that, try to make a comeback, and I think she was coming up sore, and she, she had a, a young son, and she's just kind of like, yeah, I, this isn't worth risking, you know, not being able to raise my son. All of a sudden, I looked down, whatever it was, two months ago at Beulah Park, and she's named on a horse, and I believe she came out and, and won her very first race back. I'll tell you this, she, she rode back at River Downs in the days when, uh, when uh, P.J. Cooksey rode, and I'll tell you what, those two girls are tougher than eight coats of paint. You do not want to mess with either of them, and it's just so good to see Lori back and and Lori's name to to ride in probably the biggest race of her life. Uh, this being the Grade Three Ohio Derby, um, so it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I talked with uh, Jeff Greenhill, the the trainer of Silver Tongue today, and at, uh, Jeff, are you going to give any instructions to Lori or whatever? He says, No, I can't. He says, If you press this horse, forget it. You know, he's not he's not going to do anything. He says, You just got to uh-huh. give this horse his head. And, and he'll pick him up and put him down when he feels like it. So uh, it, it'll be really interesting. I'd love it for Jeff. Jeff's been a regular guest on Winning Ponies. And actually, I, I used to write checks to Jeff when he was my trainer. I, I'd love for him to win it. Another interesting angle in here is a horse that I saw just a week ago, and that's Brave Man. Where did I see him? Uh-huh. I saw him at the Fazig Tipton Horses of Racing Age sale. sale. And he sold... For $180,000, but for whatever reason, and it's probably a good one, David Downard, who purchased this horse for 180000 after four lifetime starts, kept Tim Ham as the trainer. Yeah, it, it, I, I haven't been able to talk to Tim, but that would be, I would see, I would see him tomorrow. This was his horse. You know, this was yeah. LLC, and this was his, and I... Right away, I know Tim doesn't. I know Tim's in the business of horses, and if somebody came up with enough money, and you know, uh, he would sell the horse if the, if he thought the price was right. I didn't know this about that horse, but I but I was going to ask him about the change in owners because it's so unlike Tim to do something like this with a three year old. Now, we saw John, you and I, and, and you were at River Downs at the time, and I was at Thistledown. We got to see too much bling. When his, you know, when he broke his maiden at Thistledown, I was right. in the paddock with Tim after the race in the winter circle. Excuse me. The phone rang and he got offered an amount of money for that horse, and I thought, and I overheard the phone conversation. I said, he, "Oh man, he's got to take it, right? Because Ohio bread, you know, all that stuff. You know what?" He said, "No." Five minutes later, the phone rang with more money. <laughs> so Tim's a pretty heady guy. I'm surprised about this. Yeah, I was. That would have been my question to him tomorrow in the Miss Ohio. I'd have grabbed him and said, 
tell me where Brave Man, how Brave Man got to David Downward, but you you just told me so. Terrific, and and that's a lot of money. I mean, yeah, good looking horse, and obviously the the horse will be trying the main track for the first time. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, he's an unbridled song out of an arch mare, so I don't think mm-hmm. a mile and a sixteenth in the Ohio Derby is is, is going to be uh, something that that this horse probably can't overcome. So uh, it looks like an interesting race. So. Um, Getting ready to go to a commercial break. Before I do, let me put your feet to the fire. When I uh, watch you on Saturday, who are you going to be selecting on air, if you know yet? You know what? I really don't. I would really like, I really want to know why, not why, but title contender is is loaded with early speed, ran in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile last year, beat the one in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. I mean, that something, you know, when you're running for $2 million and you're 8-1 to one as a 2-year-old, somebody likes you. Came back and run a clunker. Then he run a good race, two clunkers. Then he came back and run a good race again. I want to see him run two good races in a row. I really want to see him on the track. Now, Hector Rosario Jr., our leading rider, who you know very well from River Downs, has picked up the mount on this horse. I was kind of thinking Wayne Catalano would bring in a rider, you know, because there's Bridge Mahan's been on this horse, Robbie Alvarado, Bayerano, you know, now. Now I look at, just like you said, we look at Saratoga tomorrow. There's three stake races, and Catalano's got three horses in at Saratoga tomorrow. So maybe his riders are up there. Um, there's a lot of speed in here. Mongolian Saturday has a, just wants the front. Fiery Marco won at Thistledowns going six furlongs, made in special weight July 19th, and 22.45-111. That's not going to cut it. They're, they're going to go that fast for the first six furlongs of this race going a mile and a 16th. But he could hurt the other horses. I, I man, pray they do, nice and that will give a shot to uh, to my man Jeff Greenhill and Silver Tongued. Mm-hmm. He's got to be. He's got to be happy with what 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 came up in the race. I got to think he's sitting, you know, sitting with a little smile on his face. He's got enough speed in front of him that, you know, uh, and and a Bosch Gonbot, Mongolian Sables, any given Saturday horse, just. Never been headed out of the gate. You know, never been headed. Now, stop. Stop badly last time out. But the thing that I don't like about that horse is Arlington Park, first time out, maiden claimer, 25,000. You know, if they, you think they might have known they, you know, they had this kind of horse back then. But we'll see what happens. I mean, that's, it's a good race. It's a good betting race because I think title contender at 7-5 to five right now at the morning line, that's a little too short. Now, Wayne Catalano's probably the most notable trainer in the race. Kathleen O'Connell trains a horse in here, Act of Madness, too, and Kathleen knows how to win races, John. She just won the two stake races at Calder over the weekend, second in the Jersey Derby. She's not coming here to see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know? <laughs> so, you know, it, it's interesting because one of our local riders, Scotty Speed's been aboard this horse the last four times at Prescott, three times at Prescott. Never been worse than third and, and run a couple nice races. Another non winner's a two though. But bred to run all day. When you see that sword dance, you know, on the back end, you know the horse is gonna run all day. So it's gonna be fun. I mean, we don't know what to expect. I mean we're we're hoping a Caleb's posse pops up, a gone astray, a brass hat. You know, we've had in the last ten years, we've had some winners that have gone on to do wonderful things. Caleb Posse, I, I mentioned his name, Pleasant Prince. Uh, Brass Hat, Milwaukee Brew. We're lucky at the, you know, we've been lucky with the Ohio Derby. Horses going on and doing well. And uh, you're right. You hit it earlier in it when you, and when we were talking. You said it's coming up at a, you know, it's a tough time. Every race at Saratoga is $100,000 now. 
They got some right, great right, absolutely. Prince of, Wales, Prince of Wales weekend is coming up. Then you got the Mountaineer Derby, the West Virginia Derby, one week away. They're giving away three quarters of a million dollars, and they have their West Virginia, you know, all their big races down there. We're up against it in Ohio. We're hoping things get better for everybody, not only at Thistledown, but River Downs, Beulah Park, you know, the Racinos are in, and we're hoping things just get better and better and better. No doubt about it. Well, again, you, you know, we've seen it happen in, in the surrounding states. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what we'll do since uh, we're we're down to about uh, about nine minutes left, which gives us about three minutes of race at Saratoga. And we got three graded stakes races. So let's try to put 10 pounds in a five-pound sack. Uh, we'll start with the earliest graded stakes race at Saratoga, uh, the, the Prioress, uh, the return of Cowie Katie who has never been defeated at Saratoga, neither has so many ways, and I think the horse that could be a potential fly in the ointment is Wildcat Lily. How often do you see in July a three-year-old filly that's already made 11 starts, but uh, most of those were winning efforts? Uh, Very interesting field. I got a feeling uh, you got to go through Cowie Katie. I know she's passed on a couple starts Mm -hmm. uh, to get here, and I think Pletcher knows what he's doing. Uh, winding her back to six furlongs. You know what, John? She she stumbled badly at the start of that last race, too. And when a front runner stumbles, you know what happens. I mean, we've watched enough races to know when they got to play catch-up, they usually are in trouble. Now, that was a great one, Acorn, and, and I don't think this is a nice race, the Prioress. I don't think it com, comes up as tough as that one. But Kawaii Katie is, is awful quick. You know, I mean, just awful quick. You know, you mentioned Wildcat Lily, and this is something that Manny Aspera is just a really, really solid trainer down in Florida. When you see one ten and three at Calder, that translates to about one oh nine at a place like Saratoga. Calder, Calder, they don't run that fast at Calder, you know, like they do at Saratoga. You don't see those kind of one one oh eight, one oh nine. You just don't see them. That's a very impressive race, July 6th, they called her, and, and a stalker. Did it as a stalker, and I always liked that. But this is a this is a step up. This is no question a step up. 11 starts, you know, the horse has gotten better and better. Uh, Castellano knows Saratoga as well as anybody, but you're right, Kawhi Katie stays on her feet when the gate opens. She's going to make it miserable for the rest of them. She's awful quick. Yeah, and uh, you're you're right about Wildcat Lily. I mean, uh, she could definitely uh, uh, show her heels uh, to the field at this distance. Six starts going six furlongs, four victories, just shy of $200,000. It's going to be an interesting race, but i got a funny feeling that uh, Pletcher, undefeated at Saratoga with his filly, going six furlongs. She's going to be a tough one, but I don't think we're making yeah. any headlines there. We're not telling anybody something they can't yeah, read off you know the form themselves. You know what I really um, like? What, I, I looked at a work for Kawhi Katie after you know after she's worked a couple of times. She hasn't raced since you know May 27th. When you work 44th, that's usually not too good. But when there's 97 horses out that morning, wow, that's a lot of workouts. I mean, you know, I'm looking at her work, and I'm going, she's 44 and 97 going four furlongs. And that's only four furlongs, so they're busy in the mornings at the spa, as they say. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's move on now uh, to a wide-open race. Uh, The grade one Diana just peppered with talent. 
I'm, you know, it looks like I'm not looking at odd. I don't have the odds in front of me. I'm mm-hmm. guessing. I do have Stephanie the odds. Stephanie would be the, 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 a slight favorite. But I'll tell you what, she better have her running shoes on. Uh, center court had a solid excuse uh, in the in the just a game on a terrible yielding course uh, at Belmont. Uh, and you got you know Samatar, who's always been there, has been right with these horses. Uh, Day at the mm-hmm. spot, loves Saratoga, loves a mile and an eighth. Anything come to the top for you? Because I'm having a hard time with this half a dozen. Wait, yeah, you know what? The morning line favorite is Stephanie Kittens, eight to five. And before we go anywhere, you know, the Hall Derby a couple of years ago, I, I mentioned Pleasant Prince and Ken and Sarah Ramsey, and I was lucky enough to spend the evening with them. I was with you. The yeah, that's there you go. And I'm telling you, you're going to meet some characters in this game. That guy's a character. And congratulations to him and his stable for what they did at Keeneland. This, it, it, what they did at Keeneland, I don't, it's never going to happen. Nobody's going to dominate the Keeneland. I, I say nobody. It'll probably happen in the fall. But what they did at Saratoga, I mean at Keeneland, unbelievable. Just unbelievable. And this is a Wayne Catalano horse, so I know I'm not going to see Wayne at the Ohio Derby, right? I mean, he's probably up at Saratoga. Yeah, yeah and you know, know I remember the, the Ramsey's back then, and you're, you're right, he was a character. But there's an article in the racing form uh, this week, I believe it's in their breeding section, about the fact that uh, Kitten's Joy wasn't getting any response, even though he was a turf champion. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Ramseys went out and claimed horses and bred all their mares to him, and so he has skyrocketed to amazing stallion success pretty much with almost only the backing of the mm-hmm. Ramseys. It's amazing. Yep. I mean, he's just, yeah, of course, they don't have to worry about it anymore. He's standing for 50000 and perhaps more next year. But, man, you you find a grass race that a kitten's joy can't uh, can't run on, and sure you does. tell me where it is. Or Polly. They run on the Polly, too. They do pretty darn well wherever they go. You know, it's kind of interesting, John. We talked about Jimmy Ham and the Miss Ohio Sticks. He's got five or six in here. When would you think you'd see the Diana, the grade one, six horses, Chad Brown saddles three of them. Right. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, that, that's flat-out amazing. I mean, it, it is amazing. You know, John, for me, I, the Joel Rosario is, is just whatever he's doing, whatever whatever cereal he's having for breakfast. I want, I want two bowls. He's in another zone. You know, he's in another zone. I got to think that with Chad Brown, he might have had his choice of which one he wanted to ride because he jumped off Dream Peace, and he's, he's aboard uh, Samatar. And that's enough for me. When races come up like this, I try to I try to see what they're doing as far as juggling and who's going where. And I'm gonna that would be my shot in there. I looked a little bit at that race that sets up, and this kid is just in a zone. I mean, he's just in a zone. Well, Rich, we got about three minutes to break down one of the best three-year-old races in the country. <laughs> a huge prep for the Travers Stakes, it and sure that is. is the Jim Dandy. I'll tell you what, with the speed of Code West and Moreno in here, I got a feeling this race sets up for the Belmont winner, Palace Malice. You know what? Palace uh, Malice ran surprised the hell out of me and a lot of people in the Belmont. I you shouldn't bet with your heart. You shouldn't you you shouldn't play this game with your heart. But boy, my loot! If if there's there is speed in here, and my loot, I mean, I am just thinking my loot. You know, if if they just go a little too quick, too early, and a couple of them, and there's some speed in here in Marino and Code West, and you know, Freedom Child. If they go, if this girl's doing. You know, I'm talking about Joel Rosario doing everything right. Rosie Napravnik is three for twenty nine at Saratoga. Now you know 
that's not good for her. But she's had a terrific, terrific summer. She's really made a name for herself, carried herself well. Tommy Amos, this one's danced all the big dances, too. All right, you well, know, Rich I mean, Ruta from Thistledown giving us an upset pick in the Jim Dandy. Rich, my producer's pointing at me, and it's not the finger I want to see, so I better, I better cut out one. before uh, they can cut me off the air. Rich, thanks so much for spending time with us uh, today on Winning Ponies. Thanks, buddy. Good talking to you. All right, Rich Ruta from Thistledown, Rich Ng from Las Vegas. I'm John Engelhart from beautiful Warsaw, Kentucky. Remember, when you bring a loved one to the races, practice safe bets. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.